Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody, to the Landry Football Podcast Network for Scouts Eye on Pro Football as we break down week one in the NFL, wrapped up on Monday night. Broncos, Seahawks, maybe a surprising outcome for some. We'll get into that. We'll break it down for you, give you some highlights of what we uncovered in the game. Reminder, though, you can get the more detailed film room breakdowns over at LandryFootball.com. LandryFootball.com is where you go to get detailed film room analysis, previews of the games, review of the games, everything, players, teams, coaches, schemes, all the inside information, we got it for you over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the season-long sale or the month. uh, Try it out for a month, whatever is your pleasure there so it was an interesting matchup uh in seattle on monday night a reunion of sorts for russell wilson um the performance was uh, you know at times pretty good for russell wilson and i thought that the broncos uh really did some good things in this game but it was really the seahawks and the way that geno smith played all credit to him. You know, the quarterback play question, we'll see how well that he does throughout the remainder of the year. But 23 of 28, thought he did a really good job moving around, finding guys open, two touchdowns. He had one big-time throw. Um, really good, an adjusted completion rate of, of eighty over 85%. Very, very good there. I thought that um, Randy Gregory made his presence felt on defense. Um in the first game for the Broncos. Um, he had four pressures in the game. Thought he did a really good job individually. Uh, I thought Abraham Lucas played very well at offensive tackle for the Seahawks. Um, you know, I thought the offensive line did did a pretty good job for the Broncos um, in pass protection. Uh, Dalton, Dalton Risner was really good. But let's kind of get into it. It really was about the Broncos' play and what they were able to do and, um, you know, the the, uh, the the Seahawks play, rather, and what they were able to do against the Broncos. Uh, listen, I thought Wilson did some good things, but the Broncos attempted 10 plays inside the Seahawks' 10-yard line. None produced a touchdown. Um, you know, that that's a good job by Seattle's defense, but that's ineffective for the Broncos' offense to not come away. Let's get to the elephant in the room, the end of the game, going for a 64-yard field goal. Already been asked a bunch. Yeah, no, I, I, it's not what I would have done. But here's the thing. There is a range, and I want to take you a little bit into the decision that you have to make in these situations. You have to know the range of your kicker. And, you, and it's not just what you can do in pregame. It's how well, how quickly you can elevate on those long ones. So you have to be able to kick it long enough with enough elevation so that it doesn't get blocked. And you have to know the range of your kicker. And you have to understand the conditions, the wind conditions, because that's going to factor in how far you can kick it. Look, I I have no doubt Brandon McManus can kick it 64 yards. 
if it's in Mile High Stadium last night, um, I think that's – I mean, understand, that's like a 58, 59-yard field goal. And, you know, if, if that's what it equates to in Mile High, the thinner air. That has a little bit more reasonable chance of making it. In that situation, I'm probably going to do something different um, than try a 64-yard field goal. So uh, we'll see. Um, I certainly would have played a lot different at the end, but there, there she goes. That, that's how that one played out. Let's get into the actions, uh, some more action on uh, uh, of the weekend. Uh, Dallas and Tampa, the storyline is Dallas and Dak Prescott's injury. Uh, that was a real um, bummer for them, no question about it. Uh, he's going to be gone for most of the year, and I think it pretty much puts a, a pin in the Cowboys season week one. That's one thing about those injuries. When you have them and you know your quarterback's gone for eight weeks and you don't really have – enough quality coming in that that really makes it very difficult for Dallas to even be competitive going forward but um the other issue is that when he was in the game they didn't do a very good job they didn't move the football very effectively they didn't pass protect very well um you know the Bucks defense showed its ability to to cause some problems, but it was a really poor job there. I thought that the Bucks did a pretty nice job in the game. Um, you know, I thought that Tyler Smith um, did a pretty good job, all things considered. Um, both teams um, lost key pieces on the offensive line. Left guard Connor McGovern had the ankle injury. Donovan Smith was with the elbow injury. So that was an issue there, but a, uh, a an interesting uh, game in that it turned out to be a really tough matchup for Dallas, that they couldn't move the football, didn't show anything of any substance in terms of offensive productivity prior to Dak's injury, and then obviously the, the difficulty coming out of it. Um, if you're looking at um, Mika Fitzpatrick in the Steelers, uh, really good performance. He showed up big time. Um, Joe Burrow had four interceptions. Um, really struggled. The Steelers benchmarked this game. Steelers got a lot of pride about this is their division. And they basically were handled by the Bengals last year. And they lost the division, obviously. And and the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. And that that's something that that really – irked them all offseason, and you saw their preparation and how they put a lot of injured energy into this. A lot of energy of, of the teams that showed the most energy week one, like they were just frothing at the mouth, probably was the Cowboys. The Steelers' offense nearly squandered the game, though, um, and I think that's going to be a problem. We're going to see how the Trubisky-Kenny Pickett situation will uh, develop and uh, transpire over the year. But I, I still don't look at this as a sign of trouble for the Bengals. It could be, but I still think that of the two teams, I would put my money more on Cincinnati long-term, even coming out of this game. Burrow was ineffective, and um, we, we discussed it. And, and, you know, the but putting bad plays behind you and then twice connecting with Jamar Chase on potential game-winning touchdowns, 
it was the kicking game that really cost you. Um, uh, you know, those are those are the things. The punting 13 seconds uh, early on their final posse- overtime possession had a big impact on their loss. So it wasn't a clean game. Uh, in fact, it was quite sloppy by the Bengals. But it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams progress as the season goes along. Uh, looking at the Raiders and and um, and how um, they were able to perform against the Chargers, um, weakened by a problematic offensive line. Uh, Colton Miller, Josh McDaniels tinkered with the offensive line and. They just didn't have any uh, any answer for the Chargers' pass rush in this game. They sacked Derek Carr seven times. Uh, Bosa Khalil Mack was was really unblockable. Tough, tough performance. Uh, bringing pressure off the edge for Carr and uh, against Carr was was the biggest factor in this game. And this is where I think the Chargers can be really um, a threat. Is the fact that they've got a really good defense. I think they've got a better-looking defense than the Chiefs. Um, and I do think that offensively they've got maybe more consistency um, and maybe become a little bit more um, prudent in how they manage games. We'll see that. I think this Georgia team certainly has the makings of a really good squad. Very impressive win there. The Giants, boy for the Giants getting it done against the Titans, who really struggle in these type of games. Look, I, a lot of credit. Saquon Barkley played well. Um, he was the leader of their offense. I mean, he got big yards. He got tough yards. Um, Two-point conversion. I mean, just really – you know, he needs to stay healthy, but I thought they looked like a different team, a confident team, aggressive team, um, played like, you know, they believe they can win. They played like, hey, we're good enough to win this game and we're the better team here and we're going to go out and do it. Um, so I think that was really, really impressive in what they were able to do. Um, despite the fact that the Giants missed um, Ojolari and uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, um, and, and with some questionable cornerback play, the, Titan, the Titans didn't do enough to build on their 13-point halftime lead. Now, Robert Woods is the de facto number one receiver, caught one pass. Tannehill led only one second-half scoring drive. Downing's, you know, um, the offense coordinator's third and one handoff to backup tight end. Uh, Chigi Ogawano uh, was a little bit questionable there. It just wasn't a really good offensive performance by Tennessee. And when you've got a 13-point lead, you've got to be able to do more than just run the football. You've got to have enough passing game. And I just think that the Titans are um, are limited in that regard. The Browns and the Panthers. Um, lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. You know, the Browns um, were looking in the past couple of years to improve their uh, field goal kicking game. I know they were very interested in Evan McPherson, who ended up going to the Bengals. Um, they drafted Cade York uh, from LSU. He was the highest drafted kicker since Robert Aguayo out of Florida State in 2016. York had a 58-yard field goal. And, you know, this wasn't a a, a very impressive performance by Jacoby Brissett. Um but you know that this was this was a um, you know a performance in which offensively you can see where they did not have enough ability to create enough in the passing game, even though they've got line of scrimmage advantages and can run the football. It was a real problem, um, and I thought an ineffective performance there uh, for uh, Baker Mayfield. Fumbled four snaps, hit four passes, batted down, threw an interception. But it looked like he still had uh, gotten enough done to secure a team win. But you had the roughing the passer with Brian Burns. Brissett spiking the ball after faking the action and moved the Browns out of York's range. It, it you know it was, was a sloppy performance, another one that the Browns got out of it. Uh, but it was a game in which I think the Panthers are going to regret They've got the Giants next week, and a real opportunity for the Giants to go two and zero. Really curious to see how teams respond from week one to week two. That's that's really big. The Vikings, um, you know, came out guns a blazing. They um, probably played as good as anybody in week one, just relative to who they are. Really good performance. They attacked. Green Bay, Green Bay's defense did not look very good at all. Green Bay made um, a lot of mistakes on offense, a lot of drop balls. Uh, it was a big um, problem for them. Um, they lost big in their season opener last year against the Saints, did the Packers. But it was uh, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress, no question. Um, but I do think that uh, the Vikings – uh, really did a good job opening things up. What a performance by Justin Jefferson. Um, he got consistently open. He had a 184 receiving yards, and they just didn't have any answer. They did a very poor job in coverage. They didn't stay on top of routes very well. Very, uh, very poor job there. Um, Emmanuel Sanders and um, uh, Michael Thomas' surgery, Last year left the Vikings with maybe the most ineffective receiving core in the league. But now they got Michael Thomas back healthy, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, um, Jameis Winston came back in a fourth-quarter comeback. Um, Thomas had two back shoulder touchdown grabs, uh, taking one over A.J. Terrell. Um, It was not a clean performance. It wasn't even a good performance by the Saints. But they were able to finish well and a lot to clean up. 
but it was a game in which the Falcons could have stolen. And it was one of those games that you thought they would play well and have a chance to win. They really outplayed the Saints for the majority of this game. Um, Kadero Patterson uh, ran the football well. Um, you know, Marcus Mariotto played better than Winston for most of the game. Um, but, you know, just you could see that being able to finish and put a you know, put a knife in the opponent and finishing them off. It's just not something he was able to they were able to do. Um the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Um you know the play offensively with Kansas City, as long as they have Patrick Mahomes and as long as they have playmakers, they they don't they're not reliant on any one guy. They have a multitude of guys, and none of these guys are Tyreek Hill. But a Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquise Valdez-Scantling, um, even Sky Moore, young guy, it, it, they're all going to be more productive in this offense because of the quarterback and because of the style of how they play. They were very, very impressive. going to be interesting to see them against the Chargers Thursday night. Kyler Murray faced an uphill battle in this matchup. Didn't have Hopkins, didn't have Rondell Moore. Uh, it didn't have Justin Pugh at guard. Um, undermanned pass rush. Um, you know, um, they didn't have much of a shot at all. And and so I think that, you know, Mahomes really moved very well in the pocket, and they couldn't generate any pressure on him. Travis, uh, Kelsey, um, the rest of that receiving core was able to get open. Byron Murphy, um is the one corner that they got in Arizona that that's pretty decent. Um, they just don't have many options there. They look really, really bad in that matchup. Uh, for the Colts, um, you know, another quarterback, um, they needed a big-time rally to avoid a ninth straight season opening loss. Um you know, this it's not enough to get alarmed, but watching the Colts, they weren't very impressive. They didn't have any symmetry on offense. And quite frankly, they didn't really look like the better team in the game, and that's and not saying much because I wasn't overly impressed by the Texans, but I, my expectations were a little bit less uh, with them. Um, you know, now Jonathan Taylor is great. And he kind of took over the game. Um, you know, so those are the things that uh, I looked at in this game that really stood out. It was the Bears with the win over the Niners, but their offense wasn't very good. They produced just 68 net yards on offense in the first half. Justin Fields didn't have any time in the pocket. Um, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You know, the 49ers had more than double the number of yards Chicago accumulated for most of the afternoon, but everything changed on a broken play uh, in the third 
quarter. Fields once again scrambling for his life, made a big play uh, to a wide-open Dante Pettis. Those two connected for a 51-yard touchdown, uh, and just like that, they won. They were in the game down only 10-7. It seems as though the 49ers were in control of the game, but the offense did nothing in the second half. Trey Lance has a lot of pressure in his face in this game, and he telegraphed a, an interception, gave the Bears an opportunity to score, and um, just just a really poor game for Lance as a passer. Look, he's young. It's not all that um, surprising. I thought he did well when scrambling, 13 times for 54 yards. But, you know, he, he didn't complete half of his passes in this game. Um, he overshot Tyler Croft for a touchdown in the opening half. Um, pick was a really bad one, you know, bad throw, bad read. Um, Debo Samuels lost the fumble at the Chicago's 12-yard line. Um, the receiving court, Juwan Jennings, um, at four grabs, played pretty well. Brandon I didn't play all that well. Um, <clears throat> Fields didn't complete half of his passes, and um, and he's a little bit further along in the process. So I, I'm, I wasn't overly impressed, and I'm not going to sit there and tell you that at this stage, you know, uh, I'd be more concerned if I were Chicago because I think Trey Lance is on a better team, and basically this is the first game for him, real game. For the Bears, they're not very good, and – they won the game, credit, but Justin Fields is going to have a hard time progressing with the talent level around him, and I don't think he's progressing as much as a passer as they're going to need him um, to to do. Um, where else are we going to go now? Philadelphia uh, and Detroit. Uh, look, the, the Lions looked like they were primed to pull the upset. Uh, the opening drive, DeAndre Swift broke for a 50-yard run on the second play, setting up Jamal Williams' touchdown. They look strong. Quickly change. Eagles outscored them 38-14. Then it's the start of the fourth quarter. I thought Jalen Hurts played well. Um, I thought A.J. Brown was a big reason why. Uh, and the Lions had no answer for him when he scrambled. Hurts' passing numbers weren't great, 18-32, of 32, but – he ran 17 times for 90 yards, and, you know, he picked up a 16 yards on the third and 15 run. But it was the plays that he did make, even though the overall numbers weren't that good. And you look at the the passing chart he, that I that I did in breaking down the game, a little bit more difficult throws too. So um, I, I think the thing that's most encouraging from an Eagle standpoint is the rapport that he has with A.J. Brown. Um, they didn't do much in preseason. You don't get much of a chance there, and they were able to get it done. Um, Dallas Goddard had three, had a nice game. Devontae Smith failed to log a, sing, uh, log a single reception here. All three of the, the the Eagles back scored. Miles Sanders led the way with 96 yards on 13 carries. Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott played well. The top back in the game was Swift, though. I mean, he ran hard. He ran well. He looked special. I thought golf had a pedestrian game. Um, stats weren't bad, but he didn't really do a whole lot. His interception was a pick six on a pick uh, pass, tip pass. So that wasn't really on him. That's really on um, – um, and then Darius Slate dropped one, uh, an interception. So um, the Dolphins in New England, really poor performance by New England. Um, plenty of concern for the Patriots offense heading into the season. Don't have Josh McDaniels there. We know uh, they produced zero points heading into intermission. 
Miami outgained them 184 to 104 at the at the at halftime. Patriots struggled to pass protect. Assignment bus. Um, they went to a quick up tempo offense in the second half that worked on one drive, um, but that was it. The Dolphins dominated the game. Otherwise, um, while the Patriots struggled to advance the ball, the Dolphins did a solid job of keeping the chains moving. Tua was sharp for the most part. Didn't really make any mistakes. The first um, uh, didn't make you know uh, that he had a couple of them. I sh- you know, but he didn't make any. Um, mistakes in terms of reads that were really egregious. He had a fumble on a strip sack. His teammate recovered it. He did throw into double coverage that was nearly picked, which was a bad move there. But for the most part, he did a really good job. Um, I thought he did a good job with Tyree Kill, had a good debut. Waddle wasn't as productive, but he made a couple of plays. The one negative is that it didn't run the ball well. Jade Edmonds had a nice receiving game, but they couldn't get movement or any success running the football. Um, so that was the issue there. The Ravens beating the Jets 24-9. Um, you know, the Ravens didn't look all that impressive. Um, Lamar Jackson couldn't do much in the passing game. Um, you know, um, in the first half, it was worse. In the second half, he found Devin DuVernay, shot Bateman for deep gains. Then they got out to a 24-3 lead um, in fourth quarter, and, and that pretty much was it. Jackson um, had a line that wasn't bad, um, but, you know, I, I do look at it as it was a slow build in this game, and I thought that they caught the Jets in some overload pressures that were the difference uh, and making some big plays. I still think there's limitations in this passing game. Now, J.K. Dobbins was sidelined, two offensive tackles out of the game. Um, the Ravens got nothing out of their run game. For a team that is built around the run game, they couldn't establish a line of scrimmage, and that was a real problem. Washington getting it done against Jacksonville. Jags consistently shot themselves in the foot last year, making dumb mistakes. Um, you know, um, but – in the first half, it was like nothing had changed. Trevor Lawrence overthrew Travis Etienne for a potential touchdown. The defense set up a Washington score because of a roughing the passer penalty. Lawrence then missed Say Jones for a touchdown, and Etienne followed up with an easy drop touchdown, a missed 37-yard field goal. Jacksonville was able to mount a comeback and take a lead. The, the, and as the Redskins began to make some mistakes, Carson Wentz made some. He was responsible for two interceptions, a horrible pass. Um, you know, Wentz um, did make enough big plays, four touchdowns, um, to uh, combat the the interceptions that was, you know, pivotal or they don't win that game. Um, their top receiver was Antonio Gibson, who caught seven passes. Aside from Gibson, Terry McLaugh- uh, McLaurin was the leading receiver, um, and he only caught two. Um, but it was an up-and-down game, I thought, for, for Washington. Thought they had a good game plan. I'm curious to see um, if they can get better offensively. This team has a chance to be a pretty decent uh, defensive team. Um, 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm trying to think who is. Um, uh, Kansas. Uh, we, went to, we did Kansas. Uh, the Chargers, Raiders. We did those. Tampa, Dallas. I'm trying to think who we missed. I think that's, uh, that's it. Oh, we want to make sure that we cover a little bit of the um, – the Thursday night game, just as a recap, it's a while back, but uh, it was a dominant performance by Buffalo. Um, the Bills, three touchdowns. It was a tie game at halftime. The Bills all gained the Rams significantly at the half, uh, but didn't have the lead because they had three turnovers. Two were by Josh Allen interceptions. So it's another example where you look and you see Josh played very well. He did. He made a lot of big plays. Now, the first interception wasn't his fault. The ball popped out of Isaiah McKenzie's hands. The second was a great read in breaking the ball by Troy Hill. The third Buffalo turnover was a lost fumble by James Cook. So they were sloppy first half. But um, the fact that the Rams were gifted three free possessions, they should have really had an opportunity to kind of put the pedal down and and take it to Buffalo, and um, they couldn't. And that's when you kind of got the felt that the Bills – that the Rams had their chance and the Bills were going to take this game over, and they did. They could not stop Allen in the second half. I, you know, except for those early, early you know, a uh, couple of mistakes, he was flawed. Deadly accurate. Um, he read the Rams' defense really effectively. Was clutch on the defensive side. Von Miller made a huge impact. Uh, the Rams missed him with their pass rush. So, really good performance. Um, as for the running games, Devin Singletary um, did a really solid job. Uh, Cam Akers was nowhere to be seen. Um, so anyway, I think that um, it, it was a very impressive performance by the Bills. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the this week's matchup um, in the NFL. We're going to look deeply into the all the matchups, of course, but highlighted by Chargers, Chiefs, and Bucks, Saints. Dolphins, Ravens, um, you know, uh, let's see, Vikings and Eagles Monday night coming off of uh, two teams at one. And the Titans going to Buffalo could be an 0-2 start for the Titans. It would be interesting to see. But we're going to be breaking down all those games for you. So keep it here on the Landry Football Podcast Network. And make sure that you check out LandryFootball.com to get all the film room, detailed film room breakdowns on this game. Uh, of all the games, rather, in the NFL and college football. Uh, take advantage of a football season sale or uh, try it out for a month, whatever is your favorite there. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you again next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.